What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and as you can hear, I hope it sounds better on your end. Sam and I got some new mics. We're stepping up the quality over here at You Know Ball. Let us know in the comments if if you have any issues with the audio so that we can try to fix it on our end as well because we're just getting used to it over here. So, mm -hmm. Sam, what's going on? How was Oppenheimer? Uh, it, it was um, it was pretty good. Um you know, I uh, I really wanted to see, you know, um, a movie about, you know, um, wrestling with the effect you have on the world and sort of, you know, the guilt of sort of how you're seeing communism, you know, all of these themes. But unfortunately, Barbie was sold out, so I had to settle for off <laughs> uh, but, uh, but pr pr pretty good, um, uh, you know, like... Um, they, I saw that uh, a guy in another theater, uh, every time uh, Florence Pugh was topless, he uh, took a picture with the flash on. So Nice. Uh, Kevin Rice. Yeah, Kevin Rice. Shout out to Kevin Rice. Uh, you know, next time, just leave the flash off. But yeah, awesome. <laughs> I think I saw you tag him. He's the first. Yeah, and anytime I see anything related to Florence Pugh, I just think of it's a very yeah. strong part of Kevin Rice's brand at this point. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I, like, look, uh, he's out here grinding when when, when he's like yeah. married to florence Pugh, um you know they called him a madman uh this is yep. like his oppenheimer yep zach mm -hmm. zach braff weeps uh, <laughs> kevin rice has zach braff in hell right now <laughs> all right so uh let's pull up the underdog uh you could go on underdog right now underdog fantasy use the promo code slop they support the program. As you can see here right now, they have a lot of things going on with Best Ball, which is basically their version of a season-long fantasy sports group that you can join. They have NFL on here with weekly winners. You can do a season-long. You can also do weekly winners with up to $3.5 million in prizes. Basically, you build a team for the season and you, you can win uh, throughout the course of the season. You could also win at, for the season on the whole. For NFL, you can also do NBA stuff now. They have just <laughs> added NBA stuff. They have best ball for NFL. They have the double dribble for the NBA right now. And you can win up to $500,000 in prizes. First place wins $10,000. And it is only $10 to join. So I built a team last time. Go check out the last episode if you missed it and I built a team for this upcoming season, we'll be building teams all throughout the off season. We'll also be doing some NFL stuff. There's MLB stuff on there, WNBA, PGA. There's all sorts of stuff on underdog. So if you've not joined already, use the promo code slop. That's S L O P to get a $100 deposit match. So you are ready to go for this upcoming NFL and NBA season supports yep. the program. Would really appreciate it if you signed up. Yeah, and now is the perfect time because um, when we start doing NFL picks later, um, I'll just dominate with uh, picking uh, the best quarterback in the NFL every time. That is right, Mac Jones. Uh, there's uh, He's not bad. He's actually good. Um, I'm telling myself that, uh, right now, uh, it's, it's not, we're not going to go five and, uh, you know, five and 11 again. It's not happening. I was going to say new Kirk Cousins just dropped, but that might be offensive to Kirk Cousins. I, to Kirk Cousins is bad. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. Kirk Cousins is like a fantasy God, you know, yeah. like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the Vikings were, uh, great in uh, close games last year. So, uh, you know, clutch cl does Kirk Cousins have the clutch gene? Is he Joe Flacco? Is Kirk Cousins lead? 
it's totally totally plausible that Kirk Cousins is actually elite and also Patrick Mahomes called him the most underrated quarterback in the NFL yesterday so if he if he's saying it you know it's got to mean something yeah this is uh you know this is um for those of you who don't know Pat Mahomes is Jackson Mahomes' brother yeah, I might yeah, have to clarify that. For, yeah, yeah, for the more famous brother, yeah, so yeah. Brittany Mahomes' husband. Yeah, Brittany. Uh, yeah. Just to just to clarify there, but mm-hmm. so we are now in the middle of slop season. Drought continues. <laughs> the sloppage. Damian Lillard has put a full slop. Honestly, the Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers have put a full stop on this off season's slop. There, there really isn't much to add on that front. It seems like both teams are kind of at a stalemate right now, and we wait to hear what is actually going to happen. Uh, our, our hero, Patriot Joe Cronin, is standing strong against the mm-hmm. evil that is Pat Riley and the Miami Heat, so we support you. You have uh, full, full support and uh, you know just complete solidarity over here at the Unoball Podcast, Joe Cronin. So in the meantime, we have to pick through the slop that is kind of more mysterious. Uh, James Harden posts on social media the other day, goes on Instagram. He says, I've been comfortable my whole life. It's time to get uncomfortable regarding his holdout with the Sixers right now. And uh, obviously, Sam, you don't feel uh, quite as much towards the James Harden situation since you are a Celtics fan, but I'm the most tired I've ever been in my entire <laughs> life to quote, I think you should leave. It just, it feels like uh, this is going to be, I, I, I should, when, when we were discussing this a few weeks ago on Twitter, I shared the John Cena versus the rock when they fought in WrestleMania. And I said, <laughs> Daryl Morey's stubbornness versus James Harden's stubbornness. But Zach Lowe did point out, it's funny because Zach Lowe pointed this out on his podcast. He talked about it in an article and he basically said, you know, James Harden can't hold out in the same way that Ben Simmons did because he's entering the last year of his contract. And in the new CBA, if you are a upcoming free agent and you don't report to camp, and you don't play the games, you are not abiding by your contract, and you actually can't even join free agency after the season, which is something I didn't know. You cannot; He cannot become a free agent if he chooses to hold out. The issue with this is that James Harden, he's going to show up, and that's the thing that you don't want, really, if you're the Sixers, because most guys, you worry about them holding out. With James Harden, we know he's going to show up, and he's going to probably wreck shit. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, you're gonna have the fat suit. Um, you're gonna have um, Ben had like a phone in his pocket. Um, I would not be surprised to see James Harden, you know, try out some different fantasy books. Like he's got a full collection of A Song of Ice and Fire, um, that like falls out of his pocket when he the smashed McDouble spin move tweet is gonna be uh, <laughs> become a reality. Um, he, he has he's gonna have a Nintendo Switch in his pocket playing Tears of the Kingdom. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's just going <laughs> to, and, and he like, and he's not even going to be able to cook. Right. You know, like he's just going to be like roasting apples, you know, he's not, not even going to be preparing any like no like, dishes at that point. Well, like, he doesn't have away. internet. He doesn't have internet. Yeah. So he, he can't look up any, any ways to advance in the game. 
I mean, that would be. Can you imagine how hard Tears of the Kingdom would be without internet? Like, you'd have to, you just have to like discover everything. Yuck. Yeah. What is that these days? Gross. Um, I gotta say, like, I, th- this is like very funny because like Clippers fans in Miami, Heat fans are like behaving like identically online, where it's like, I, this is so annoying. We have all the leverage. You just, you, you give him to us. And it's like, well, no, because it's so bad that it's, better to just keep him you know it's like, no it's not because because everyone's gonna hate you it's like well no, i don't think they will <laughs> it's literally never happened there's never been any also can we just talk about leverage for a second because i'm not sure zach Lowe talked about this a little bit when he had chris herring on yesterday oh. i'm not sure if you caught that episode but i didn't know but basically I'll, I'll sum up what zach said about the zach i don't does zach have like a th- and, and i say this as i agree with you that the Heat and the Clippers fans are acting a bit like spoiled brats on social media being like, well, why do we have to give up anything to acquire an all-star level player? Yeah, right, yeah. But having said that, I, I don't know, Zach seemingly has some sort of vendetta against the Clippers. He's had one, like, yeah. for, like, two years. It's, like, the same way Zach is, like, very gentle with, like, the Heat and the Raptors. He's, like, ve- like pointedly, like... <laughs> against the clipper like taking digs about like their uh them like not playing players you know like it kind of gets lost in the sauce because a lot of people like especially boomers like clown the clippers for like enabling um load management like kind of coming to the nba um but which i do not think is like true you know like i don't know like it just seems wild to like uh you know put that all at the feet of one franchise but that's like definitely something that i've noticed like the same way that like the the tim bontemps like hated covering the Kyrie irving celtics and like he was probably right to but yeah he, it's like a very similar like pointed uh <laughs> it's always funny when you can tell like which which like uh talking head people like media guys like don't have ins and are just free to like go beast mode on teams and the clippers are definitely one of zach's that's that's probably it i would imagine it's some sort of access thing it's probably part of the reason why he loves to bring up the paul george trade story every chance that he gets Ah, exactly yeah but on this episode they they basically did like okay why why is this trade important for the clippers and why is this trade important for the Sixers? And Zach's perspective made it seem like, I mean, they did like 15 minutes to start the podcast on the Clippers. And like Zach's perspective was basically, you have these extension talks coming up with Kawhi Leonard. You already can extend, I'm sorry, Kawhi could be extended right now. Paul George could be extended in a few months. And he's basically saying that this is your chance to kind of salvage the situation, you know? As Chris Herring brought up, they've already tried the debt thing. And it's not even to say that that plan has failed, as he brought up. It's 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 that if the main players aren't healthy, that plan is just never going to work. Because, yeah. it like, for example, we know James Harden has his playoff struggles. And we know that he, that has been an issue in the past. But, like, he also has games like games one and game four in the Clipper series that when your best player is out, uh, I'm sorry, in the Celtic series, when your best player is out, you can have him basically carry you in one of those games in a way that, you know, Russell Westbrook kind of tried to and and, and at moments had uh, almost did that against the Suns. 
But the idea behind trading for James Harden for them would essentially give them not only insurance in terms of regular season and availability in that regard, but also in terms of, hey, if if Kawhi Leonard is playing every other playoff game even, it would be really nice to have a guy like James Harden who can shoulder part of the load and try to make things easier on Paul George as well. And honestly, I think a lot has been made of what the Clippers can offer, but like... I don't know. I, I, like you said, like, I think like until they're, until they are serious with their offers, like Terrence, I, I jokingly, ironically love Terrence man. I'm like, Oh, he's a, Oh, he's a star and, and played site. It's a bit like, he's a good player, but like, he's not changing your life. He's not changing your franchise. He's a fifth starter on most good teams. Uh, you know, maybe even a bench guy on like a really good team. And my whole point on this is that like they're kind of in a position where if they're willing to shell out the draft capital, which maybe, maybe even if they, they know that if they give Maury his, their best offer, they can give him, which would essentially be like the guy, Kobe Brown, they just drafted uh, Terrence Mann, Nicholas Batum, uh, Robert Covington. And you don't even take back the Marcus Morris contract. And you, you just give those guys plus the two first-round picks you can trade. Maybe they think that Maury's going to turn that down anyway, which is why they haven't even put it on the table yet. But my whole point on this is that, like, the Clippers have a situation where, really, even in that trade, you're only giving up two rotation players. And you're replacing them with one of the 30 best players in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> And well, like a guy who like even when he's missed some time is like one of the great Ironmen of like yes. the last like ten years, you know. Like James Harden has probably had his roughest go in terms of availability over the last two years, but he still like plays more games than like Jimmy Butler, for example, and yeah. like a lot of these other guys. So I, that's always you know that that's honestly the thing I worry about for the Sixers is kind of missing those games played, like from James Harden's perspective, you know, like. Um, especially with Embiid's health. Um, so I don't know. It, it makes a lot of sense for the Clippers to do everything they can to put, get this done. Like even more so than like Miami, like Miami lost two rotation players, but they're still kind of playing with house money. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the, it's not like they're still probably going to be back in the playoffs again. Um, yeah. Don't worry. Uh, Coach Bo's going to go into the backyard and just, go dig into the earth and pull out a fucking guy that can play 25 minutes per game. I think that, I think that Max Struess and Gabe Vincent being lost is not really that big of a deal for the heat. I, I I disagree a little bit because I think Gabe Vincent's actually like very good. Um, I think they're both good to be fair. I I think they're both good players. I just think that Miami has, has a history of just finding guys. I I think they're more likely to find the Max Struess guy than they are the uh, Gabe Vincent guy because Gabe Vincent has like a, a real blend of like skill, like NBA levels. Whereas like Max Struess is really just good at like two things, you know, now one of those things is extremely valuable, but, I'm writing this down. July 22nd at 10.20 a.m., Sam mm. questioned Spo's ability to find a random role player that was undrafted and can play 30 minutes of the Eastern Conference Look, Finals. It's it, it, it's probably going to be a rough season for me as a Celtics fan. I like I can just 
I'm gonna if I'm if my team is gonna suck, I'm going absolute hater mode on the the Miami Heat. This is like I'm putting all my eggs in this basket. So um, oh, I've seen you. I you can act like you're being doomer still, but I've seen you starting to come around. I see Rob Williams working on his mid range game. Kristaps Porzingis is gonna be you know floor spacer for Jason can I, Tatum. Can I tell you something? Um, uh, this is gonna surprise everyone, but uh, a lot of those are bits because I'm just sick of being yelled at by Celtics fans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna, gonna keep keep doing the positive. Yeah, yeah, just what we need. Rob Williams away from the rim. That's 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 gonna be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it'll it'll help like a little bit with spacing, but I just like I, I don't I don't know. I would rather see. I would just rather have Rob Williams play with somebody for, who could throw him a lob, for example. I, I think would be more important. But uh, we're not going to derail this to talk about uh, Marcus Smart, but. Mm-hmm. I just want to say the, the the more that you do those bits on the timeline, mm-hmm. the more I understand the other perspective. I'll say that much. <laughs> like I, I get the idea behind like, okay, he loves to play with Rob. And I know that you, you always bring up the fact that Marcus Smart kind of maximizes Rob, mm-hmm. uh, but like he'll have that pick and roll big that he can work with. Tatum and then he's going to have even better spacing because basically everyone else in the rotation can shoot threes at a high clip. And that's, that's something, well, once again, while, while you said they're leading into Missoula ball, but Mm -hmm. I, I kind of think that like, at least in the regular season, that's going to be unstoppable. Yeah. No, I, I think I I said, I think they're going to win like 57 games in the regular season and then um, lose in round two of the playoffs. (laughs) I, I feel like that's like the destiny of, of this team, but who knows? I mean, they can still make some moves. I mean, I, I, I can't believe that they're like really not going to add a ball handler. Cause like everyone yelled at me after all that happened. It was like, well, Brad's not done yet. And it's like, okay, all right, I'll wait and see what Brad does. And what he did was trade back a billion times. And it feels like Jordan everyone's Wall. kind of done. Like it feels yeah. like, like, like at least until the Dame thing, like what I, I want to put it in perspective last year when we, when we were doing these streams, during slop season, there were like three or four major trades that happened the week after free agency. And this year there was like, those happened before free agency because of the new CBA and stuff. So like you had two or three really big moves, but like usually those moves come right after free agency. And if that is the case, then I, I, I would expect that at some point we'll get at least a minor Amount of moves. I'm hoping that yeah. we can that we get well, another bump at, at once the Damian Lillard trade does go through. I think we have to because there's like some teams that have like nine rostered players still. Like, yeah. like you know, like so, like it really does feel like the you know everyone's kind of waiting on the Dame trade and then to a lesser extent like the Harden trade to like open everything back up and have people kind of you know, I, I think everyone wants the information of like where on the board are the big pieces before they like decide like, okay, like is James Harden in the West now? Like, are we as an East team? Do we have like a more, is this like a better chance or do we kind of like, uh, you know, punt on the season a little bit if there's like one more team in the East, that's like probably going to be a top four, top three seed, you know, like, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's the, the dilemma the Sixers are going through right now where like they don't want to punt on the season, but also I think that I uh, look uh, once again, I'm just guessing I'm uh, my whole thing has been, I think that Maury has been trying to hold out hoping that we would get disgruntled star X. That isn't Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard just wants to be in Miami. Uh, I, I think that he was hoping that a Zach Levine or a 
Pascal Siakam or even a Paul George uh, could uh, or even a Jalen Brown. Sure. <laughs> or Jalen Brown. Or was sure. still outside this yeah. extension. Yes. Apparently, he's back from Europe. And, and yeah, we'll find it. We, we are going to, you know, everyone's very optimistic. A deal will get done. Oh, I heard that he, he was actually added to the uh, uh, the U.S. team so that in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, in a few weeks he's going out. Yeah, look, it's fine. I'm leaving again. I'm, I'm leaving going, again. Goodbye. here. Bye. Bye. But the uh, reason I say this is that I think that Maury is hoping that a disgruntled star that we, maybe even someone we're not even thinking about, asks for a trade and puts the Sixers on his list. And then he goes, okay, now I can take whatever assets I can get from the Clippers, whether that's the guy they just drafted or future draft picks and add whatever little stuff we have left as the Sixers and make this trade work. Now, the other wrinkle that comes into this is the latest report from Michael Scotto, who he's not, Michael Scotto isn't obviously Woj or Shams. I would say he's probably somewhere in just below the Jake Fisher uh, Chris Haynes tier of reporter where like he gets mini slot. He gets like little tiny pieces of slot that are like, uh, for example, shake Milton's second year isn't guaranteed with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Like he right. gets little pieces of detail. So he definitely has some sources within the league. And he reported that, uh, you know, the Clippers are interested in, PJ Tucker in these trades. Now, I don't know if this is coming from PJ agent. I don't know if this is coming from Harden. I don't know if this is coming from the Sixers or the Clippers. I would imagine the Clippers wouldn't leak that because it doesn't really help them. Uh, but apparently they are interested in PJ Tucker. I think that that would benefit the Sixers. I don't think the Sixers are leaking to Michael Scotto necessarily. But the reason I bring this up is because from the Sixers perspective, if you are making a James Harden trade, to me, it's almost a necessity that you get off the PJ Tucker contract. Yeah, yeah, those, those guys are a package. Yeah, I mean, like I think they wanted to play together, right? Like, so I, I think they they're friendly. Yeah. They've wanted to play together again. Yeah. PJ is really at this point in his career is so limited offensively that if he is to stay on the Sixers, the fit just isn't there without an elite playmaker like James Harden. Like, here's a guy that's only gonna you know occasionally get offensive rebounds and stand in the corner and shoot threes. Like, he's not going to be involved in any sort of actions. He doesn't fit particularly well offensively with a guy like Joel Embiid, even in the regular season. And if if you have that as the case, then I think that he has to be part of... And honestly, even with his age and his contract, if, if I think that the the Clippers are going to have to give up Nicholas Batum and Robert Covington and Terrence Mann, because I think that that's, that's like the starting point for a Daryl Morey package in this kind of trade. If that is the case, then I think that having PJ Tucker wouldn't be a bad thing for the Clippers. I think that the Clippers are going to need like, weirdly enough, they've been the wing heavy team, but they're going to need another guy. If they lose Batum and Covington, with Morris being essentially washed, even if the Sixers take him back in a trade, he's completely washed. Um, and it, at least you have someone, and this is something that that teams talk about a lot. This is something that coaches talk about a lot, something that reporters talk about a lot. Teams don't want their best player, even if it's a like a guy like Kawhi who wasn't quite where he was in terms of being a peak defender, but when he was like a, a he's still a very good 
defender, you still don't want Kawhi guarding LeBron James. You still don't want Kawhi guarding Jason Tatum. You don't want him guarding guys that are big wing size guys that might get him into foul trouble that could exhaust him. You want to keep him fresh for the offensive end. So guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, while they might not be where they were a few years ago in terms of defense, you want to preserve them as much as possible. And as much as PJ can drive me crazy, PJ would certainly help keep those guys fresh. He's not going to be afraid to guard anyone. Now, physically, he might also be able to not guard guys like he used to be able to a few years ago, but he's at least going to give you an option that you can throw at an opposing team. Right, exactly. And and just, you know, I, I think to the other the other thing here is that just that the Clippers have so much like PJ Tucker sized money of like contract, you know, it's not something that's going to hurt you like Matt, like more going to be able to get what he wants in like turning PJ Tucker into like an expiring replacement level guy, you know, so exactly. there's yep. just, like options there. So and, and this 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 will show us if. If the Sixers do end up making the deal, uh, I would once I would hope it is. If if Harden really is just so opposed to coming back, I would hope it's before the season so that it doesn't become the shit show that we've seen it become. I hope the Sixers get serious. I hope the Clippers get serious when it comes to discussing these deals, because one, I just think that continuity is more important than people bring on and like figuring out who you are as a team over the course of a season is really important and also like. I don't know, like, we've seen this with the Sixers before. We've seen this with teams where they get a guy and they maximize. So, for example, a good example of this. Two, I'll give you two examples. One, the Sixers with Seth Curry. Seth Curry was a bench role player who came to the Sixers and was one of the best players on the team. Probably this at, at his peak, probably the third best player on the team a really good player for them in the playoffs, uh, an important piece with next to Joel Embiid. He was maximized. A guy like uh, uh, Josh Richardson, who was involved in the Seth Curry trade, when he got traded to the Celtics, or um, yeah, when he got traded to the Celtics, he shot like, we, we just talked about this the other day, you and Matt were like, he actually was pretty good for the Celtics. Like yeah. he shot 55% from mid-range. He yeah. shot 40, he shot close to 40% from three. And defensively was really good to the point where, like, his value was essentially uh, getting back Derek White on a very good contract for a first-round pick and a swap. And if you had said that a few months before that, that's a guy that probably doesn't get you back anything remotely positive in a trade, even yeah. if you include that. I will say, like, the thing was, like, um, he he was, like, Brogdon or Grant Williams where, like, all the Celtics fans were, like, going, like, I hate this guy. Get this guy off the thing. Because, you know, like, plus minuses would go in the toilet, obviously, when, like, sure. one of your stars is coming off for, like, Josh Richardson. But he was, like, mostly fine. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think with, like, compared to that. There's always guys like that where, like, everyone. Because you got to have one guy who's on your team whose fault it is that your team is bad. For example, the Celtics have Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, the Sixers have Tobias Harris. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah. So it's all his fault. No, no mm -hmm. one else's fault. Uh, but the reason I bring this up is because let's say the Sixers were to acquire Terrence Mann in a trade like this Clippers trade. You're looking at a situation where, like, what if Terrence Mann comes here and uh, due to opportunity? Because by the way, the Sixers are going to really lack anyone who can have like it's not Terrence Mann isn't like a high level creator but like if Terrence Mann's points go from 8.8 .8 points per game to 15 points per game and he's still efficient and he's giving you good defense then you're talking about a guy that halfway through the season you might be able to flip with some draft picks 
to get back a much better player. For example, like Jeremy Grant, you could get back uh, mm-hmm. a, a guy that we've talked about uh, the Sixers potentially targeting in the future. So my whole thing on this is like, I would like to see, cause, cause one of the things Daryl Morey always talks about is like, don't judge the team now, but like the large majority of teams going into to from now until trading camp and trading camp until the trade deadline are staying the same. Like yeah. Yeah, you'll get the Donovan Mitchell trade randomly in September. And then sometimes you'll get a Kevin Durant or a, Kyrie Irving or a James Harden trade in the middle of the season, but like you can't depend on that. I think that you going into the season, you should look at it as an opportunity to showcase the players that you can get back in a trade, like a Terrence Mann or a Nicholas Batum or whoever you can get back, maybe even a Kobe Brown, so that you can kind of strengthen the package that you could have to get back either high level role players or stars. Because once again, we're talking about a situation like we talked about last time where Joel and B, the clock is ticking and like, he clearly doesn't want to do the gap year thing. I don't think anyone wants to do the gap year thing and making this trade sooner rather than later. Uh, if the Clippers are serious and put an offer on the table can kind of maximize whatever you can turn the team into between now and the trade deadline, because you can showcase some of the guys that you get back in a trade as well. I just what's interesting though is like I feel like if a deal were gonna get done, it probably would have gotten done by now. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't think either team benefits from this dragging out. You know what I'm saying? So like I feel like I do wonder if like James Harden does end up like a Clipper. I know I know that that's like what he's like says he wants, but like. I don't know. Just I feel like we we see whatever a guy is like rumored to want to go somewhere and it like doesn't happen right away. It's pretty rare that that like actually pans out. Like Paul George and uh, Kawhi were supposed to be Lakers, like and you know they did end up in L.A. But like I, I don't know. I'm just I'm a little skeptical that this is how it goes. I mean, I, it sounds like Miami is like not being serious and is like trying to like apply pressure through the media, but I don't see the same like mind games going on on like this James Harden Clippers side of the ball. Well, I think it's what Chiodo talked about last episode, which is that like Maury goes to them and says, okay, I want Paul George. And then they say no. And then he says, okay, well then we're not doing a trade because he doesn't want to trade James Harden. Like, yeah, he doesn't like, once again, this is, this is the difference between when we did last episode, we talked about the transactional, like we went through every single move Maury's made and we're like, these are fine moves. Like these are fine, yeah. good moves, but like there's a human element of this too. And that is where the calculator spreadsheet brain can start to kind of poison the minds of GMs and, and presidents of basketball operations like Maury, where like, yeah, he doesn't want to trade James Harden. So why would he even entertain any offers from the Clippers that aren't Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. And it's like, well, because it's probably for the best of the team that you make a, a reasonable move sometime this off season so that you have an idea of what your team looks like going into the season. And then you can either change it before the trade deadline, or you can try to change it next summer. And, and his whole thing is like, we're only doing it if we get back a championship level piece. And this is the exact same thing he did with Ben Simmons. And while the Ben Simmons move netted a all-star back, it also wasted half a season. It also made it so that that entire season was basically a wash because by the time you even were able to acquire James Harden, you're, you're doing chemistry on the fly. Those kind of moves never really work. Harden isn't fully healthy. Like 
once again, there is a human element when it comes to all of this. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm not saying they should trade him for fucking Marcus Morris, but what I'm trying to say here is like, if, if you are reasonable with you, whatever you take back in a deal, even if you maximize the non Kawhi Leonard, Paul George package, you're, you're at least sending a message to the Sixers, to Joel Embiid, that you're trying to compete this year and keep your options open so that by the time, like, for example, like if they wait until, if they wait until November to do this deal or they wait mm-hmm. until you can't trade those guys, those guys are on your team. Mm-hmm. If you make the trade now, you can trade that. You can aggregate them in a in a trade before the trade deadline. Like if you're to trade for them, let's let's say Maury holds out like he always fucking does and does it in January. Well, unless you're just trading one guy from that trade, Marcus Morris, Nicholas Batum, whoever, you're not able to then turn around and aggregate those guys in a separate trade. Like yeah. you, would, you would have to figure that all out at the time. So like, once again, I don't think that they should rush it now. Like, I don't think you should make the trade today. I think you should be open to making a reasonable deal. And I think that by the time training camp comes around in September and we realize, oh, this isn't going to be tenable, then you can try to come to some sort of agreement with, with the Clippers. Now, once again, if the Clippers are just refusing to include Terrence Mann or the draft picks, there's no deal to be made. And that you're, you're better off just... Uh, coming to an agreement with James Harden just being like stay at home basically but well as we yeah. said the problem is he's not gonna stay at home and he's gonna like but he's gonna try to actively ruin your season I don't know what he's gonna do this time but let's go he's, he's like, that, that, it's like that tweet the fat suit's gonna be talking to him like the green goblin suit and <laughs> not spider-man like wanting to talking to Harvey so put it on <laughs> Someone brought this up in the Discord and they were like, I love that we have a player on our team where all you have to do is say fat suit and everyone knows what that means. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so it's, sick. it's such an absurd concept. So my friend texted me the other day a picture of Harden because if you've seen Harden this offseason, he's he's living his best life. Let's say that much. Mm. He sent me a picture and he said, uh, <laughs> do you remember Jason Peters from the Eagles? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he yeah. said <laughs> Jason Peters looks great. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Peters was like three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's fine. It's fine. It'll be good. I mean, I will say one the one thing you can say about Daryl Morey, you do have the how will Daryl Morey wriggle his way out of this jam? Ah, uh, well, well, nevertheless, you know. Ah, so. well, nevertheless, yeah. So he does have that energy to him. So uh, yeah, we'll see. But uh, officially, uh, it's 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 got to be uh, fun for uh, for you to just uh, be living this like the second time. I would be going insane right now, more oh, insane than I am right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I've lost my mind with this because it's like I didn't think it was possible to happen again. Because my yeah. my my whole anticipation for this offseason was. Harden was just going to walk and then we're, our, our, you know, it would suck and it would be like, oh, maybe we have to trade Embiid, but like at least our hands would be clean from the drama that comes with yeah. the Harden situation. And right. now it's like, oh no, we're actually going to have to string this out even longer because our GM is a sociopath. <laughs> well, I, one last thing I just want to say on this is that, and this is something that, uh, Francis Parker from Twitter, who's a great Twitter follow if you don't follow him already. Francis Zones on Twitter has brought this up before. And it's it, it's essentially that when you're in trade talks 
one of the things you can learn about teams is like who they're interested in. So for example, like in the midst of the Ben Simmons Harden stuff, the first time around when they almost traded Ben Simmons for Harden to Houston, the Sixers learned that the Nets really liked Ben Simmons. They had a trade that was going to send Ben Simmons to the Nets at the time. And the Nets were going to send back like Karis LeVert and draft picks or whatever to the Rockets. Mm -hmm. The reason I bring this up is because, um, is because the Sixers might have some information about teams that are interested in players that are on the Sixers across the league there might they might have inside information that we don't have that like maybe maybe there is a guy out there that is very close to asking out or like we know is on the brink of like for example uh Zach Levine or something is like like we know that something is going to change between now and the trade deadline or whatever and that's the reason why Maury is holding on to Harden as long as he can, because then he can maximize that trade and flip him for whoever. But like, that's the only thing I will add to this is that like teams do have more intel on, you know, what team, like, for example, the Toronto Raptors really like Terrence Mann. I know that for a fact, like they tried to get him in the Fred Van Fleet trade. They think that he'd probably be a good fit with their team, blah, blah, blah. Now, do they like him enough to trade him for, plus draft picks for Pascal Siakam. And if that is the case, wouldn't the Clippers and the Raptors just do that trade and cut out the Sixers? Like, yeah, like sure. that that's where it gets like, and like Will brought this up in the Discord too. He's like, well, if the Clippers wanted to make a trade for someone that extends their window and the Sixers want to try to get Zach Levine out of this trade, why wouldn't the Clippers just cut out the Sixers and just trade for Zach Levine and just trade... Terrence Mann and expiring contracts and two first round picks. Can, for can I tell you why? Can I tell why? you why they wouldn't do that? Well, I mean, it's because of the injury concerns. I know Zach had a better, you know, I, I know Zach played way more games than, you know, he was great this year, but he does have the history of missing games. And I don't know if you want to add another guy like that versus like Harden's thing. Like is he is an Iron Man. I know I that he's I played more no games. I, think I was just going to say, I say there's no way. Full well that Zach Levine played more games than James Harden did last year, but I just, yeah. in general, it's a better bet. I, I think you know, even with James Harden aging, I think too, just given the history, you know what I'm saying. Like the reason why you don't trade for Zach Levine if you are the Clippers is because th th this would be my only thing back that I would say to that. Yeah. If I'm the Clippers and this is the Harden thing is my last my hail mary attempt to save the window. At least if everything goes wrong with this, I'm off the hardened contract in a year from now. And I can just kind of be like, look, we gave up everything we had to make this work. But like I can trade Paul George and Kawhi Leonard a year from now and just kind of start over clean, yeah. right? Right. If you trade for Zach Levine and things go to shit, and you know, maybe his knee injury that he had uh, uh eight months ago, nine months ago is more serious than we had originally known of then you're stuck with him on the books for at least a few more years. And maybe they would just like to start clean. But then again, like, I don't know, like I, I'd probably go for the younger guy who uh, is locked up under contract. If I'm giving up real assets, if I'm the Clippers personally, the only reason I'm interested in the James Harden trade is because the fact that like we need a playmaker 
and we need we need someone who wants to be here and will play games and like i don't know i think you could probably get the same from a zach levine trade minus the playmaking element but all right that that is the end of the free portion of this episode uh if you would like to hear us talk about the rest of this episode i'm going to talk a little bit about the <laughs> Josh Harris buying the Washington Commanders, which I think is just a funny thing that happened. Uh, also, Sam has something that he wants to talk about regarding Zach Lowe. And uh, then we're going to rank the young cores in the NBA using the tier maker thing, which we've never done before. So we're going to go mm -hmm. through every NBA team and rank them based on their young cores in the tier maker machine which we've never done before. And uh, we're, we're going to be doing that. This will probably be like a two hour long episode. So subscribe. Link is in the description. If you have not signed up for the Uniball Patreon already.